Welcome back to Straight from the Source. I'm Mike Russo. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. It is Friday trade deadline day uh, that you all are listening to this podcast. And uh, the Wild played in Vancouver on Thursday night and flew over to Calgary, where Bill Guerin, Ray Shiro, Chris O'Hearn, Matt Sells, the Pro Scouts, uh, that's where they'll be holed up in their uh, uh, remote war room. They brought it on the road this year as opposed to staying back in St. Paul with the team on the road. Um, so they'll have it in Calgary. The trade deadline is at 2 p.m. Central, and then they will go on uh, to play the Flames on Saturday night before returning home again to play the Flames. And then they begin a uh, long road trip next week that starts in Winnipeg, continues on to San Jose, Arizona, and uh, St. Louis. And speaking of Arizona, that's where I am right now. I've been following the Carolina Hurricanes around for the last three or four days to do some behind-the-scenes stories on uh, the way that they work on trades and how they've pivoted here with the arms race in the Eastern Conference. And that brings me to my guest today, Brady Shea. Brady Shea, the pride of Lakeville, Minnesota. He'll be joining me in about uh, five or ten minutes, and hopefully everybody will enjoy that. The Wild, at least before the game against Vancouver, were on a roll. I I don't know yet, uh, full disclosure, um, if they won or lost uh, the game, because I'm actually recording the open before the game uh, starts here and uh, before I actually sit down with uh, Brady Shea. Um, but the Wild uh, points in seven straight heading into that game and on a roll, continue to play uh, just tremendous hockey defensively, getting great goaltending, uh, but especially from Philip Gustafson, who's been the one of the best goalies in the NHL since Thanksgiving. And uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who going into the Vancouver start at least, um, had won his last two games and a uh, shout out in there, both against the Columbus Blue Jackets and then playing again against Vancouver. And it certainly feels, even though the Wild will never label it this, that Gus is being ridden. They're riding the Gus bus that he is uh, the number one goalie on the team, at least as we currently speak, because it just feels like the Wild are sheltering uh, Flurry right now. He just hasn't been as good. Um, definitely had some struggles in, in the month of um, in the month of January and early parts of February. Um, it seems to have gotten his game back on track, at least going into the Vancouver game, but it sure feels like they're sheltering him and playing against some of the you know worst teams, worst offensive teams in the league, and uh, you know it, it might be set up that Phil Gustafson is actually going to play the two games against Calgary. And remember, Calgary is in ninth place, chasing in the Wild, and they're really the only team that the Wild are worried about to make the playoffs, and if Gus can go out and, and play the way that he has been playing, uh, they can really kick the Calgary Flames in the teeth. So those are two big, big games um, going into the trade deadline. The trade deadline, at least before Friday's action, and we'll see if Bill Guerin has anything else up his sleeve, the Wild had made two moves. Uh, one is Marcus Johansson for a, um, a, a third-round pick in 2023, I believe. Can't even remember now. Um, and then, uh, then traded Gustav Nyquist, uh, traded for Gustav Nyquist, um, and the Wild uh, gave up the 20, uh, 23 uh, fifth round pick that they got. Um, I'm messing the years up, but they got the fifth round pick that they got from the Boston Bruins for uh, retaining 25% of Dimitri Olaf's contract, and they sent it on to Columbus to get uh, Gus Nyquist. The oddity there is that Gus is hurt right now, and the Wilder um, taking a chance that he's going to continue on his rehab and get back by the end of the regular season, or at least the beginning of the playoffs, and be ready to play. I talked to Nyquist the other day, and he says that he feels like his timeline is absolutely on track, and that he's going to be able to play by the end of the season, that he'll be on the ice for a couple weeks before he's able to uh, get back in the lineup and get back in the swing of things. But again, the risk 
from the wild standpoint is that hey, Gus Nyquist is a, is a really good hockey player, fast skilled, um, has offensive touch, can play power play, penalty kill, somebody that could probably put into a second or a third line role on this team. But you know, you know, you just don't know what he's going to look like when he gets back. It's, that's a tough injury, uh, shoulder injuries. He didn't have surgery on this one, but we even just saw with Ryan Hartman, he had the shoulder injury there at the end of October, got back early December, and it took him a good month, month and a half, month and a half, two months to really find his footing. And now he's playing really, really well. Uh, in the middle again with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, but it, this is not an easy injury to come back from, and it takes a while. We saw it even with Jordan Greenway at the beginning of the year, right? Actually, we're still probably seeing it with Greenway, um, but you know, it, it's a tough injury coming back from his shoulder, and so who knows what Gus is going to look like when he gets back, but if he is back and is the Gus Nyquist um, that he's been in before, he should help this team, and, and in Bill Guerin's mind, uh, hopefully make an impact for this team. In terms of Marcus Johansson, um, that one took me off guard because usually Bill Guerin is sort of a been there, done that type of guy. Um, you know, Nick Bukestad, Jason Zucker, a lot of these guys have been on the trading block and Mikhail Granlin, and he hasn't even uh, considered bringing any of them back. And so I just figured Marcus Johansson would be in that same realm. But obviously it was Bill Guerin who originally traded for Marcus Johansson. So there's clearly a respect level in a, um, with his game there. Um, but he also let him go. And, and I didn't think that Marcus Johansson was nearly as good as the organization did and his one shortened stint here in Minnesota during the uh, short pandemic shortened season. Um, he obviously broke his arm twice, including once in the playoffs, didn't have a lot of production, um, but he is a big, fat, uh, good skating, skilled forward that could play, um, help the power play, could play penalty kill, um, and and also the hope is help at five on five where the Wild are near the bottom of the league and five on five goals. So he'll start as he did in Vancouver next to Erickson Eck and um, and uh, Matt Boldy. And the hope is that they can get some secondary scoring, get Matt Boldy going because Matt Boldy hasn't been good um, really for a while, hasn't produced at all. Like most of the guys on this team, there is not a lot of guys on this team that have uh, produced at all. A um, lot of action around the trade deadline in the National Hockey League. Most of the guys, the big guys going to the Eastern Conference. It is, uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's truly amazing the amount of guys that have gone from the East to the West here on trades. Uh, you know, Bo Horvat and Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, um, uh, I'm trying to think, Timo Meyer, Jake McCabe, obviously Patrick Kane, uh, Pugliarvi, Luke Shen, uh, Gostabere. Uh, Chikrin, Granny, um, not a lot of guys going east uh, to west. And so there's a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that have really um, you know, uh, added a ton here. Toronto has reinvented their blue line. Uh, the New Jersey Devils had Tom Fitzgerald on the Athletic Hockey Show the other day with Jesse Granger and Rob Pizzo. Fitzy uh, grabbed Timo Meyer. And, um, and, and we obviously know, again, Tarasenko and Kane to the Rangers. Toronto, um, who's the one big team? I'm forgetting. Oh, Boston. Uh, you know, Boston has just made a ton of moves uh, to get uh, Orloff and then today Tyler Batuzzi. The one team that is a true contender in the Eastern Conference that has been mostly on the outside looking in is the team that I've been shadowing the last couple of days in uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And they've uh, acquired Jesse Pugliarvi. They acquired G Ghost uh, Shane Gostabera as well And while uh, we were in Vegas the other day. And they're still looking around. But right now, everybody is pretty much off the board now that Max Domi has gone to the Dallas Stars. And... Uh, 
and Nick Bukestead has gone to the uh, to the east. So there's JVR and pretty much, excuse me, did I say east Edmonton? So there's JVR and really nobody else on the board um, right now. So we'll see if the Wild have anything up their sleeve. I don't get that they have a lot of um, desire for JVR. I think that maybe that's why they went with the Marcus Johansson role. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if Bill Guerin has anything going on. I don't see Brock Besser happening just because they got to take on term and that's extremely complicated for the Wilds uh, uh, cap situation. I think they would still love to trade Jordan Greenway, um, but the, the and uh, you know I am convinced that Jordan will be traded. It's just a matter of whether that does happen by the two p.m. deadline on Friday or whether or not it's more of a summer trade. And usually um, those are summer trades here. Um, but again, the Wild are playing uh, really well right now defensively. They still have trouble scoring. Uh, Kaprizov continues to be um, outstanding. It was really cool the other night to see Ryan Reeves score his first goal with the Wild off a great play with him and Jordan Greenway. Um, and and they're just getting really good play from all their forwards uh, right now, um, you know, from a defensive standpoint. Now, let's see if Marcus Johansson and eventually Gustav Nyquist can get these guys going on an offensive standpoint because I just don't think it's sustainable for the Wild to continue to score only two goals a game and, uh, and continue to win here. Uh, you know, again, uh, they've done really well in overtimes and shootouts, but if that was upside down, um, we'd be looking at this team in a very different um, realm right now in terms of uh, whether or not we think they're as good as they are, but they've put themselves in a position, you know, about three weeks ago, it looked like the sky was falling. Now they're right on the, um, the heels of the top spot in the central division. So pretty, pretty cool. Um, but when we come back from this break, here is Brady Shea. Well, as mentioned, I'm really happy to be joined by Brady Shea. He's off to, a, uh, well, not off. We're in, like, we're basically 70% through the season, but a uh, career high uh, 11 goals and, and obviously just having another great year with the Carolina Hurricanes. And we're coming to this podcast is going to run on the trade deadline day. Um, Brady, and, and you know trade deadline. I mean, you, you know, four, three, four years ago, you were traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. What, what, what is this day like for players that might be in that situation where you just don't know, you know, what that phone, what that next phone call is going to be? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a little nerve wracking. I think when you know your team that's out of the playoff picture, you kind of know your team maybe is going a different direction, which it was in our case in New York. And um, yeah, you're just kind of on your you're a little bit on your toes. You, you just don't know really what to expect. Um, Obviously, this year with us, we're on the other side of that, so it's a little more low-key. But, um, yeah, it's stressful. I mean, it's a lot. Obviously, going to a team is is different, but a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that makes it hard, too. You know, moving with your family and guys with kids, it's, it's, it's a lot. So, yeah. Uh, Glad we're not in that position this year. Like uh, the, the day you got the call that you were being traded to the Hurricanes, so what was your initial thoughts and maybe even how has it changed since? Because obviously you guys have such a great team. Yeah. And uh, I've been to Raleigh a thousand times. It's a great area. It is. It really is. I'm uh, I'm very fortunate that it happened. I think it was the best thing for me mm -hmm. at my point in my career. Um, the day it happened, it was, it was t a lot of emotions. You know, I got drafted by the Rangers and then played there for a while and um, – you know, everyone always says you think you're going to play with one team your whole career, and uh, it just wasn't wasn't the case for me. And um, you know, you feel like I don't know. Like I said, a ton of emotions. In my in my, you know, my case, I signed a long term deal with them, and you, you kind of almost feel like you not let them down, but you know, you, they committed you for a long time, and it just didn't work out. So, but looking back on it now, we're I mean, I'm so excited, so happy to be here in Raleigh and uh, the, with the team that we have and. You know, just the the area itself. The fans are amazing. The 
the living itself is so easy. It's it's mm-hmm. a lot like Minnesota in, in that way. Everything's close. It's uh, couldn't ask for a better spot to be. Could, could, uh, and we just all saw the show that Rally put on during the outdoor game. I mean, could you have uh, imagined anything cooler than? I mean, at least watching on TV, it looked like a party, and it looked like yeah. uh, the look of it was as good a hockey game as we ever seen. It, it was amazing. I've played in. I've been lucky enough to play in four. That's crazy. Yeah, two in college, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, played the Winter Classic at City Field in New York, and then played in, in this one in Raleigh. And just the whole—I mean, it's a college town, so you get like the tailgates, and it, mm-hmm. it definitely was—it was a party when we when we showed up uh, and did our little walk into the into the stadium. There was hundreds and hundreds of people lined up and um you could tell that everyone everyone's having a pretty good time yeah yeah absolutely the one in college i think i covered that that was at tcf right yeah the, it was super cold day i remember freezing yeah. freezing cold uh the one at city field was also very cold and then we my freshman year we played at uh soldier field against wisconsin yeah. so um and all three of those were very cold so it was nice to get a little warmer weather this time how much do you still pay attention to the gophers because they certainly look like they have it all have the ability to maybe win it all i do i yeah i follow along i'm you know mostly probably through social media like on twitter and on instagram um so i see all the updates and all the final scores Mm -hmm. obviously they're having a heck of a year and they have some serious skill on that team right with those that with that top line so uh, I'm I'm rooting for them. Hopefully, they can go all the way. Uh, what? Uh, and obviously, one of one of the players that you played uh, with yeah. against in college was Ghost. Yeah. Uh, now he's going to be on your team. Uh, you, you know, what do you remember about that series and uh, or that game and yeah. and uh, and him as a player? I mean, he he put on a show that game. <laughs> I don't know. I think he had six or seven yeah. points, Free and union. he was he was the best player on the ice. Um, it still it still you know sucks talking about because you. <laughs> You want to go back and replay that game over again, yeah. but uh, yeah, I have I've, I've met him a few times in um, doing like USA Hockey stuff. Uh, I've not seen him yet. He, we're going to see him tomorrow, so um, it, we're obviously pumped to have him. He's going to be a great ad for us, and uh, we could use a few more of those six point nights. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pride of Lakeville, uh, Brady. I mean, you know uh, how much everybody down there just absolutely uh, appreciates your game, respects your game, and is proud of of what you become. Um, as a player, and Lakeville is starting to become a factory. I mean, you went to what states your sophomore year? Yep. Scored the one goal against yeah. uh, Minnetonka, I remember. Yeah. Um, uh, but but what do you like? Why is Lakeville starting to churn out players? We see obviously Ottinger and and a lot of players. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you can really pinpoint it. I think um, in my you know my scenario, I had a group of buddies, like six or seven of us, that just love playing hockey, right. and. I mean, if it was after school, we go right to the outdoor rink and then go to our actual team practice and usually go back to the outdoor rink after that. So uh, I think it was, you know, the guys you surround yourself with. I, I, we had about five or six, I don't know, it was five maybe in our class that played Division One hockey, which is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since then, yeah, it's, just, it's the same thing. My cousin, uh, Jack Sadick, actually played on that team that went one state. They were mm-hmm. undefeated with the Palings and all those guys. So... 
yeah, it's turned into a little bit of a hockey hotbed, and hopefully they can just keep producing more players. What's Jack do now, by the way? Uh, he's in between jobs. I think he just got a job right now. Uh, yeah. So he's he's in Minnesota. Um, he's just living life. Yeah, wild yeah. draft pick and yeah. uh, one of the one of the good guys. I mean, yeah, he's great. About it. Um, he's awesome. Got to ask you about Lazo Holmes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chance the Rapper. Um, I mean, it's still one of the funniest skits ever. What was it? Like S S K and J all next to each other. You know, it's essentially. Uh, that's a no. Yeah. Is the funny line from it. Um, like, how, what did your phone, I mean, your phone had to absolutely blow up that night. You, you I'm sure, had no idea it was coming. It did, yeah. We knew, we actually knew they were going to do something with the Rangers, not knowing exactly what they were doing. Uh-huh. Um, so we were watching. It was me and uh, Kevin Hayes in our apartment in New York. Um, and then, the, yeah, the, the SNL actor character walked out, and I saw, like, the seven or six on the jersey. And I like, looked at Kevin, I was like, I think he's got my jersey on. And then uh, turned around and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, once that happened, my phone absolutely blew up. Yeah. I, I got texts and tweets and wh- whatever, it was everything. It was it was great. I mean, and the fact that it was a really funny skit, too, I yeah, thought. It was, it, it's one of the best they've yeah, ever done. Yeah, that made it... Uh, Pretty special. So, yeah, obviously, that was a cool experience. How special is it playing for the Rangers? I mean, I remember you once, you, you, you like, I mean, you took the subway to games, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like I remember actually walking into the arena one night with Carl Hagelin, and I'm like, I didn't, I, like, I always just figured these guys got car services or yeah. drove themselves. I mean, you guys do that a lot. Just go to the bottom of Penn Station and come up, right? It's, it was the easiest way to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we lived down in, in Tribeca. So, uh, you just, you took the, the one, two, or three train right off. It took like 10 minutes door to door. So it was the most efficient way of getting to the games for sure. Um, you uh, are a golf star, I could gather from Twitter. I mean, it's so many people ask me about your favorite holes at this club and your <laughs> favorite, you know, like, so what is it about that? I mean, you got to love Raleigh from that standpoint too. Yeah, the golf in, in North Carolina is amazing. Um, we don't get to play quite as much as, mm-hmm. as you'd like during the season, but uh, if we have a couple days off, we, uh, we have a course that a bunch of us belong to called old Chatham down there. And we will get out and, you know, usually you can get two groups together. So it's a lot of fun on an off day to, to get out there with the guys and play. Um, and yeah, the golf in, in Raleigh areas is, is phenomenal. Have you played Pinehurst yet? I have. Yeah. I've played, uh, yep. I played number two and number four and like, yeah, it's just, it's a golf Mecca. It's, it's awesome. Have really you gone cool. over to Europe and played any place over That's there? That's a bucket list one, yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Uh, St. Andrews. And- I, had, I had One of my buddies from Lakeville is actually telling He's going to try to set set a trip up for all of us. So uh, hopefully in the next couple summers we can we can do that. Um, D wants to know, uh, what's it like being in a non-traditional hockey market and seeing the sport grow as much as it is? Yeah, it, I mean, it's crazy. I, I think... Um, you know, when I first got in the league uh, and we'd come down to Raleigh, it's it's still a case. But there's, I mean, there's just a ton of, not as many fans there at the games. Like when, when the Rangers play there, there still are a ton of Rangers fans at the games when we play there. But, um, you know, now it's, it's sold out every game. Um, I think that, you know, winning obviously helps with that. The mm-hmm. fact that our team's been good the last few years. And then, uh, you know, I, I mean, like we said, the outdoor game just shows how passionate these fans are down in, in Raleigh and, um, we have kids or Roddy's son and, and Burns' son play, um, youth hockey in the area. And they say it's just growing like crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's a really cool to see. And, um, 
you know, glad we can try to help out as much as we can. That dry, that just boggles my mind that Jagger's playing hockey like that because I was, I wrote the story when Jagger was first born. Yeah. So like, and now he's playing youth hockey with with Brendan Moore's uh, son. And actually, Joe Smith, our my colleague at the Athletic, was just down in Raleigh and is doing a big story on them playing really? on the same team together. So it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I think they're out there. I mean, those kids are pretty lucky when you have. Uh, Rod coaching and and Bernsey on the ice with the kids yeah. too. Those those kids are pretty lucky to have those two out there. My, one of my favorite Bernsey story from when I covered him is uh, his daughter was born Peyton, right? Yep. And so he's I sent him a text. I said, "Hey, uh, congratulations! How do you spell your daughter's name for a little note?" And tomorrow he sp- sends it. Next day I get a text from Sue, his wife, yeah. saying, "You misspelled my daughter's <laughs> name." Oh my gosh. Um, I felt like crap. <laughs> I se- I look at my phone yeah. i send her a screen capture i just to let you know i don't want to throw your husband under the bus but it was him that spelled your daughter's name that, right. that is that's hilarious yeah. what's it been like playing with bernsey he's been amazing um you know him he's just yeah. he's you wouldn't i don't you know is he 36 37 yeah, years crazy. old and you would think that he's in his first couple years in the league he yeah. has so so much energy um he's great in the locker room i'm lucky enough to sit by him on the <laughs> at home and on the road so and we have we talk a ton, and uh, it's pretty impressive to see the way he takes care of his body. And yeah. to play for this long, you got to be doing a lot of stuff right. And he's definitely doing all those small things. Do you have uh, any idea what's in that giant backpack of his? And do you worry there's some snakes in there? <laughs> they, they, he has what he has three bags that are enormous. Um, there's no snakes. I I know there's a coffee there's like a coffee machine. He, he brews all his yeah. coffee on the road. Um, I've actually gone over to his room before and, and have had coffee in the morning <laughs> with him. Uh, so I know that is part of it. And then I don't know what the other stuff is. Yeah. You, you might have to ask him. You got to ask him about this time that he, uh, the Wilder playing in Detroit, and he had his like breeder, his snake breeder was from Detroit. And he brought a bunch of snakes back from this road trip, and Jacques found out. And no way. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> snakes on a plane. He, he could have written that movie. Um, a uh, question from Katie, your favorite road city to visit is we're doing this from Tempe where you're going to play your first ever game in Mullet Arena. Yep. Um, you know, for me, I love going back to Manhattan. I like going back to, to New York and just seeing friends and, you know, going to old, you know, restaurants and dinner spots we, we used to enjoy. So yeah. I'd probably say... New York's probably yeah. my favorite to go back to. Speaking of one of your good friends, Matt Zuccarello, um, you know, are, are you on, we just talked about somebody that, that in Brent Burns, it just seems to continue to get better with age. Are you un- amazed at what Zuki's doing right now? Point a game again uh, at 36 years old and just, uh, I mean, you've seen him with Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. They are a tag team. They are, yeah, they're very hard to play against. Um, we saw them quite a bit. We played against the Wild. We, we played against that line for most of the game, and they're, they're tough to play against. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I think Zuki... You know, his biggest thing is he thinks the game so well. And I think when you get a guy like Kaprizov who are kind of on the same wavelength and they're, you know, they, they just kind of know each other yeah. on the ice and um, he always makes the right play. So, no, I'm not surprised he's having the year he is. And I think it's going to keep continuing, obviously. That's what uh, Marty St. Louis said when we were in Montreal earlier this season. They said the thing with Zuki is his, even if his legs slow down, his brain his, never does. No, you know? he's got one of the best brains in the game yeah. for sure. A couple more for you, Brady, and I'll let you get on with your night here. Uh, uh, this is from Finn and Grandy. So I don't know if you know this person, but what's your favorite golf hole at Spring Hill? <laughs> uh, lucky enough to lucky enough to have joined this last summer. Um I don't know yet. I gotta, I gotta play a few more rounds there. I feel like every hole out there is a lot of fun, and um, 
I'm happy happy to be out there for sure. So maybe uh, the next podcast, I'll break it down a little more. Uh, Tom wants to know uh, your lowest round at Crystal Lake and Legends Golf Courses <laughs> and tell him we miss him at the Driving for MS Golf Tournament. That's awesome. Uh, lowest round at Crystal Lake. I, I don't even know. I, it's been a long time since I've played there. Legends, I think I've shot a 60, 68 out wow. there or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've played there enough, so I, I know some of the some of yeah. the tricks. But yeah, no, that's obviously a phenomenal course in in the area. I heard that you're uh, buddies with the the band Train. Uh, yeah, with uh, Pat Monahan. Yeah, singer, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you have that to come about? And by the way, I got to show you a picture. I met him actually at the Did State you? Fair once. Yeah. yeah, Paul Fletcher, my buddy uh, from yep. Cities Ninety Seven, yeah. set it up. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Pat, we were actually in New York. We lived um, in Kitty Corner Apartments to. Uh, Mark Roberts, who's the lead singer of OAR. So I got yeah. to know Mark um, and his wife, Nassim, and their kids. And then I don't know if it, I think it was just, it was after, no, it was just a random night. We went to dinner and then we met up for drinks after with Mark and uh, Pat was there. I think they were playing the next night and we just kind of had a, got to know each other there. And then uh, he was coming to Minnesota to perform that summer. And we actually played golf uh, before, his, before his show and then hung out with them after and then kind of just our relationships kind of grow on, growing from there. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah great band. And, yeah. Uh, it's funny. Um, uh, podcast later this month, uh, wild fans are going to hear a little scoop about OAR as well. That's going to be in this podcast. Um, question from Barry Karn, your uncle uh, wants to know about your uh, love of yard games. He says that you endlessly will play yard games. You've been on the like yard games for eight hours at a time. And <laughs> what's your favorite one? Oh man, uh, me and Barry have played quite a bit of yard games at at our cabin up north, and yeah, we will play for hours. My favorite one would probably be, uh, I like bags. I think bags is great. Yeah, I I, I just enjoy that one probably the most. Barry's got uh, Barry's good to be up there with because he won't stop either. So me and him will go <laughs> for hours, which is a ton of fun. Endless energy. Yeah. Um, two more for you. Uh, this is. Clearly, somebody that knows you. Who's your favorite uh, dog, Reese or Sully? <laughs> I can't choose between those two, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we just have we have two golden retrievers. One is a year and a half, and one's a year, mm -hmm. uh, boy and girl. And yeah, they're the best. I I, I can't pick between either one, but uh, they're both great dogs. Yeah, we were we were shooting the breeze before you came on, just about Bukestad getting traded today at Edmonton. I mean, he came here to Phoenix. He absolutely reinvented his game. I think got some confidence back and reminded himself that he could actually, you know, be have scoring touch and not just be like he was in Minnesota, maybe a third or fourth liner. How excited are you for him to maybe have a chance here? Extremely excited. I mean, um, known Buger for a long time now, and uh, you know, for him to go to a team like that that's going to be in the playoffs and you know, probably making a push for the Stanley Cup, it's it's great for him. I'm very happy for him. Obviously. We all know the player that he is. He's, you know, in college and like just growing up and even in the summers, you know, trying to defend him is it's so hard. He's got such a long reach and can shoot the puck. So um, I'm hoping that he uh, can go up there and, and light it up a little bit. Right. And finish his second in the uh, league at the end of the year yeah. to you guys. Yeah. Uh, and that's the last question for you, uh, Brittany. Like, um, 
you know, you are kind of, it's funny. I mean, everybody keeps on calling it the East Arms Race right now with Toronto and Boston and Rangers and New Jersey all loading up here. Um, as you're here in Carolina where you've had this unbelievable season and maybe you've done a couple periphery things, but your chemistry also doesn't get messed up by that. I guess what's your thoughts on everybody else sort of loading up here um, around you guys? And does it at all make you nervous going into um, now a postseason where everybody's sort of changed? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, it doesn't make me nervous at all, really. I mean, I think that what we've shown this year is that we can play with anybody. And, you know, if we obviously made moves that will help our team. I think with Ghost, uh, it'll definitely help on the power play. That's, mm -hmm. that's something we definitely needed. And uh, with PRV, is obviously a young, skilled guy. So um, definitely not nervous. I, I love the chemistry we have on our team. I think we all know the way that we want to play. Um, which is fast and, you know, on top of guys. And uh, I, I don't think we needed to change really that much. We added pieces that will help us, but um, I mean, we're excited for the, for, the, for the long run ahead. Well, uh, lots of lucky long run ahead. I, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's been really fun from afar to watch see the player that you developed. I covered you for a cup of coffee in college during the 12 lockout when I was around you guys. Um, and just to see what you were in college to what you've become as a, as a pro. I mean, just watching you in Vegas last night, you were – such a steady, steady player, and it's just really cool to watch, uh, Brady. So lots of luck the rest of the way. Thank you. I really yep. appreciate it. Absolutely. That is Brady Shea, and we'll be back with one of our sponsors. Well, thanks to Brady Shea for joining us straight from the source on this uh, awesome, awesome day here in Tempe. Well, guess what? Also, next week, straight from the source, will be coming back. It'll either run on Friday or we'll hold it until the following Monday. But I, I, right now, the plan is for Friday after practice for me to sit down with Philip Gustafson, the wild goaltender, who's just having an unbelievable season. That is uh, expected next Friday. And again, the podcast will come out either that day or um, the following Monday. Um, thank you uh, for joining uh, this week's edition of Straight from the Source. And as you know, on trade deadline day, we have wall-to-wall -wall coverage on The Athletic, and we have podcasts galore uh, throughout the, the network. But we have a really cool special thing on Friday. Um, Ian Mendez and Hallie Salvinen are hosting a live trade deadline recap show, and that starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 1.30 p.m. Central, on The Athletic Hockey Show, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Twitter. So make sure you go to The Athletic Hockey Show, YouTube channel, Facebook, and Twitter. Get a new subscription to The Athletic for $2 a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Again, a subscription to The Athletic for 2 bucks a month for 12 months when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Straight from the source returns most likely next week with Philip Gustafson. Talk to you next week, everybody.